Chapter Twenty Four of Stephen Mitchell's Journey by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four: The Wrong Road. Within the week, something occurred which brought Flora Ann home from a visit to her father's cabin, red-eyed and miserable. Jake's gone," she said to the first person she met as she entered the house, and that person happened to be Stephen jake has gone off he never came home last night nor the night before and bill says some of the boys saw him get on the train and he's took in his things and he never did that before he never stayed from home a whole night in his life ma says so and she says her heart is just broke whereupon flora ann sat down in an utterly forlorn heap on one of the kitchen chairs and buried her head in her hands and cried a good riddance i think said stephen brusquely i shouldn't take on about it if i were you maybe it will be the saving of your mother's life she couldn't have stood the way he is going on much longer didn't you tell me yourself that he kicked her only the last time you were home and that was the very day that i then stephen stopped abruptly he was not going to own even before flora ann if any fellow had kicked my mother i reckon i wouldn't cry because he had taken himself off look at your wrist there all black and blue this minute because he twisted it so the last time you saw him when you was trying to keep him from kicking your mother and yet you cry about him being gone i would have more spirit it ain't that said flora ann between the sobs but i thought you see i thought he would be different and now he has run away and the last thing he did was to kick mother and hurt me and swear at the little girls oh it is just too awful to think of him gone oh but he hasn't gone away from god it was nina's clear astonished voice which made this startling announcement she had come into the kitchen with her velvet tread a few minutes before and stopping in dismay to see flora ann in tears had been absorbed in her story flora raised her eyes and looked at the child the misery in her face slowly dying out that is as true as a bible verse she said at last we can't get away from god can we i thank you for that miss nina i will go right straight on praying for him i will pray for him too said nina her own eyes full of sympathetic tears then stephen went out slamming the door a little as he did so he was vexed with flora ann for being such a fool it was the evening for prayer meeting in the mitchell dining room and mrs colchester who had heard the story of jake's disappearance and flora's grief from little nina presented his case for special prayer it was a prayer meeting to remember mrs mitchell having once found voice had such joy in this prayer circle that it was ceasing to be a cross to spread her wants before the lord in words which her friends could hear and she prayed for jake that night so that his mother's heart at least would have been touched had she heard it miranda was there and cried softly behind the corner of flora ann's neat white apron which had been lent to her to cover certain disreputable portions of her dress 
then mrs colchester prayed and helen ransom and the minister all for jake then little nina as simply and naturally as though she had been kneeling by her own bedside bowed her head on her folded hands and said dear lord jesus please find jake to-night and save him and take care of him for his mother and flora it was then that flora ann's heart broke entirely and she sobbed out her cry to the lord for the first time in the hearing of human ears oh lord please do save him we know you can if he will let you oh please do something to make him let you mr mitchell coughed a good many times that evening and used his handkerchief as often for his eyes as he did in any other way he shook his head when nina brought him the book for the closing hymn when she looked wondering and regretful he bent down and whispered to her that he couldn't sing to-night just as the minister was about to offer the closing prayer an electric thrill went through the hearts of the little company for mr mitchell was rising to his feet he took hold of nina's hand as he said friends this little girl wants me to tell you to-night that i have begun to pray too and that i join you in praying for jake i have been a good many years finding out that it was the lord who helped me but the little girl has shown me the way to him at last and my poor service such as it is i am going to give him for the rest of my days i thank him to-night for all the way he has led me though i was blind and didn't know i was being led stephen was not there to hear his father's voice he had taken his lamp early and gone up to his own room shaking his head in response to sarah jane's petition that he would come down in time for the meeting replying gruffly that he hadn't time for meetings he had got a tough lesson to get out in the midst of sarah jane's joy over her father was a sigh for her brother she was very anxious for this young man who everybody said was improving so rapidly her daily prayer for him though perhaps not so heart-rending was as earnest as flora ann's for her brother the night was a beautiful moonlight one and as the minister and his sister rode home they talked about the blessed meeting they had had and the changes which even a short time had wrought in the hilton hill neighborhood it is truly astonishing said the minister that we have all been asleep so long why the fields were white for the harvest those people listen as if for their lives i'm sure there were many consciences wrought upon to-night the stand that mr mitchell has taken is worth a great deal it is a wonderful thing to see a man of his years come out squarely for the lord we have now another proof of the truth that a little child shall lead them hillary has been watching for this for some days said helen she told me two weeks ago that nina was not going to be satisfied until grandpa prayed they have had long talks together he and nina he has asked her a great many puzzling questions which she has brought to hillary of course and i suppose has been carefully taught how to answer them though hillary says she has been taught of god i do not doubt it said the minister heartily her sister evidently is 
I think she is peculiarly a woman who is led by the spirit. Then the talk drifted toward Jake, and the wonderful prayers which had been offered for him that night, and they wondered where on the broad earth he was. Only the listener to our prayers knows, said the minister. Isn't it wonderful to think that he carries the sins and sorrows of this great old world on his heart, and hears the cry of every child of his, and treasures up their requests, and brings to pass, through them, human impossibilities? I have faith for even Jake to-night. I don't know how many years it will be before the Lord will find him, but it does seem to me as though those prayers to-night have been answered, and that Jake is to be saved. That is just what Hillary said, was Helen's jubilant response. In the hall she put her arms around me and whispered, Do you know I expect to meet Jake in heaven? Did she? said the minister, and there was a very satisfied note in his voice. It gave him, to say the least, a not unpleasant sensation to learn that he and Mrs. Colchester had thought alike. In the meantime, what of Jake? If those who prayed could have seen him at that particular moment, I do not know but their faith would have almost failed them. He was distant three hundred miles from his home, on one of the dangerous streets of a large city. He was partially sober, for the simple reason that he had failed in securing any liquor since morning. He was cold and hungry and utterly miserable. He had been intoxicated when he left his home, and had continued so during the hours in which he had begged and stolen his way to this point. What his plans had been in going away, even he never knew. A vague idea that some time he would run away and get rid of the whole pack, as he called his family ties, had possessed him for months. Why he had not carried it into execution before, he could not have explained. Why he selected that particular night for starting, only he who overrules all events can tell. Half an hour before the moment in which we introduce him to you, he had occupied a corner of a downtown omnibus. It was what we call a chance incident which had given him the opportunity. He had been standing at the street corner, more utterly dreary and desolate than he had ever felt in his life. A burning thirst for liquor in his throat, not a penny with which to gratify that thirst, not a spot to go to warm his half-frozen body." not a place where he could get a mouthful of food or a chance to sleep. Perhaps for the first time in his life he had a dim impression that even the wretched home from which he had run away was worth something. Two ladies descended from an omnibus which had drawn up very near the curbstones. As they did so, the string, which confined two or three bundles in the hand of one of them, broke, and the bundles rolled. It was a wonder that Jake Lucas thought to scoop and pick them up, or, thinking, cared to take the trouble. Perhaps he had in his heart a hope that they would reward him. At least he gathered the packages, brushed off the filth of the street as well as he could, and carried them to their owner. "'Poor fellow,' she said compassionately, as she offered her thanks. "'I haven't a cent of change.' Will an omnibus ticket do you any good? He had smiled cynically as he took the offered ticket. 
what good would an omnibus ticket do him but the lady was not out of sight before he decided to make it useful why should he not have a ride in the omnibus since there was nothing else for him to do it must at least be warmer there than on the street corner and by the time it had reached the end of its route it might land him in a part of the city where he could somehow manage to get something to drink so he hailed a passing omnibus and seated himself in the corner drawing his hat well over his face he paid little or no attention to the constantly changing passengers not even glancing at a middle-aged well-dressed man who was quietly from time to time passing little slips of printed paper to one and another he had halted before jake once or twice and looked at him doubtfully but seeming to decide that the man was too much intoxicated to be approached had turned away he was about to leave the omnibus as a couple entered it a young and elegantly dressed lady accompanied by a gentleman the stranger offered his slips of paper to both of these what is it asked the lady as they seated themselves and the seat she had taken was beside jake the gentleman laughed it is an invitation to the midnight mission gertrude shall we go oh dear said the lady echoing the laugh do you suppose he thought us suspicious-looking characters i wonder if mine is the same yes it is come to the mission to-night and hear the song i was lost but jesus found me does that mean us charlie we have been lost you know are you sure you can find your way home now we are certainly in a part of the city that i have never seen before oh charlie mine is a tract on the other side the most solemn talk you ever heard of the idea of giving such things out in a public omnibus what in the world made me take it i don't want a tract do you suppose they ever do any good in that way charlie i believe i will try it here my good fellow don't you want a tract you look as though you needed something of the sort my dear said charlie in warning undertone as the pretty gloved hand was reached over toward jake don't speak to the fellow he is intoxicated never mind he won't hurt me take it my man if you will read it and do as it says i have no doubt you will be improved oh charlie we are passing the twenty-third street theatre now i know where we are we must take the green line of cars at this corner and gertrude temple gathered her handsome robes about her and followed her escort from the omnibus leaving the little tract in jake lucas's hand he had not accepted it he had simply let it lie passive on his arm where it had dropped while he remained lost in astonishment over being addressed by an elegant woman presently he took the tract in his thumb and finger and held it up to the light when jake was a little boy the lucas family had been almost respectable and his early educational opportunities had been passable he could read much better than flora ann the words on the tract were very distinct to him come to the mission on wilmoth street to-night and hear the song i was lost but jesus found me and get a bowl of hot soup and a good night's rest here then was his opportunity the singing he cared nothing for 
there was no objection of course to their throwing it in if they were fools enough to do so but the bowl of hot soup was not to be despised since he could not get whiskey and the thought of a place to sleep to a man who had wandered homeless for three nights was certainly inviting he wondered vaguely where wilmoth street was and how he was expected to find it he even muttered a curse on the people who hadn't brains enough to define the locality then he turned the tract over and glanced contemptuously down the other side where the words were which gertrude temple had pronounced solemn while he was looking at it the omnibus driver put his head in at the little window and called wilma street change cars for green avenue and jake started up at the sound of the name and lumbered out again into the night gertrude temple's tract still between his thumb and finger now he was in the lowest and most crowded portion of the city saloons gambling houses and all kindred places of evil resort seemed to have headquarters here the air was throbbing with the fumes of vile tobacco and viler whiskey the air was pulsing with oaths jake lucas only half sober burning with the desire for whiskey stumbled on looking in at the brightly lighted soul traps the only cheery spots on all that dismal street they allured him with sight sound and smell he was kept from entering only by the thought that he had no money and by the knowledge of the fact that such as he would be unceremoniously kicked out of all such places unless money in some form could be produced he cursed the tract he still clutched in his hand because he could not hope to turn it into whiskey and stumbled on End of chapter twenty four